In today's show, we're looking back at all of the action from Sunday across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My my name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. We've got games from Sunday to talk about. Let's talk about the games from Sunday. Before I do, today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. First game, early game, it was the Miami Heat getting the better of the Boston Celtics, 130-124. Butler was great with 26-8-11, and 11, and Adebayo had 20-6. and 6. Only took five shots, Bam, hit them all, and then was amazing, 10-11 of 11 from the line. So really, really strong stuff from Bam, who now is just a bee's dick outside the top 20 for the season. Strong game from Trevor Ariza, 19 points, 36 minutes, two threes, three steals, one block, 62% shooting. We know he's not this reliable, but he is the 72nd ranked player over the last two weeks. Absolute 14-team must roster guy and has some strong 12-team value. Good game from Dunk Robinson with six threes and 22 points, but really, he's a three-point specialist. So that means he's not must roster. He is a guy that if you need the threes, sure, you have him. And you deal with those threes, and they're good. But everything else is pretty rough. He's the 140th ranked player this season, 152nd over the course of the year. Terrible night for Kendrick Nunn. Not Nunn. Nunn, 12 points in 24 minutes. And Tyler Hero, just 12 points in 17 minutes. Again, we're in this time of the year where if you need to make moves and you need to cut these guys to stream specific categories in, don't consider them players that must be held on to. Goran Dragic had 9 and 7 in his 29 minutes, which is totally fine. But again, he's in that same boat as Nunn and Hero as players who are just fringy sort of guys who you can roster, but absolutely you don't have to by any stretch of the imagination. For the Celtics, Jalen Brown was out again. So Evan Fournier went bananas. 30 points, 7 triples, 8 assists, 69% shooting. Giggity! He's been great since he had this time when Kemba was out and then Jalen's out and he's been maintaining a huge role. I don't know what his role is when everyone's healthy, and I doubt he can do what he's currently doing, but he is playing at an unbelievably high level. And remember when he first came across, he was bad, and then he got COVID, and then he came back from COVID, and he was terrible. And now everything is coming together. Jason Tatum had 29, 5, and 6 with two blocks, and Kemba had 18, 2, and 6 in a pretty solid game. Marcus Smart also scored 16, but not great news from the Rock DJ, Rob Williams. Just 11 minutes for Williams, four points, and he had to exit the game with that toe injury flaring up. I would expect that Robbie misses a few games this week, meaning Tristan Thompson gets a boost, especially if you're looking for uh, rebounds. He only scored two points, Tomo, but he played 32 minutes and he had 12 boards and he was 100% from the field on his one shot. But those rebounds can be really valuable from Thompson. It was also a pretty good game from Aaron Neesmith, who had 16 points in 19 minutes. But I do worry that when Jalen returns, Neesmith's going to play like 10, 11 minutes a night. And this value that he's built up isn't going to be able to maintain, unfortunately for him, because he is playing at a really high level at the moment. The next game we look at, the Knicks beat the Clippers 106-100. Look, I know they won, and that's great, but 46 minutes for Reggie Bullock is literally insane. Alec Burks and Emmanuel quickly were out. I know that, but that is an insane amount of minutes. 
24 points for Bullock with five threes, two steals, and a block. That's great. 41 fantasy points. Fantastic. He's in the Duncan Robinson area where you can roster him for his threes. Absolutely. And some scoring outbursts, but that's a crazy amount of playing time. Well, Derek Rose played 32 minutes for 25, 6, and 8. And honestly, Derek Rose has been so, so good since he's joined the Knicks. He wasn't very good with the Pistons, but he has been fantastic. Rowan Barrett played an equally insane 45 minutes. 18, 7, and 4 with four threes, two steals, and a block. Now, he didn't get a chance to hurt your free throws, but he wasn't great from the field. Everything else was pretty solid. Well, Julius Randle, uh, a rough shooting night from the Double Royal. Um, 37% on 19 attempts is bad. 14, 14, and 5 is all right as counting stats, but no threes, no steals, and no blocks. He's actually dropped off a little bit here. The 53rd ranked player over the last two weeks, and the shooting has been a consistent problem. Alfred Payton continues to be gifted 16 minutes a night for God knows what reason. Two points with three assists. I don't, I, I, fair enough. Quickly's out. But this bullshit of starting him and playing him 17 minutes, I see no logic in it whatsoever. Uh, Nerlens Noel wasn't quite as good as last game, but five points, two steals, and a block. That's where it comes. It's the two steals. It's the one block. That is what Nerlens does, and he did it again here. For the Clippers, Kawhi had 29, 4, and 3, which is fine, but some rough shooting, 35%. It's pretty bad. The 7 of 7 from the line is good, but he also banged his hand in this one and just need to watch how he looks with that hand, and he's dealing with some ankle problems as well. He's also on a weird minutes restriction, so just keep an eye on him. While Reggie Jackson played 32 minutes, had 12, 4, and 3 with two threes, and that's notable because Patrick Beverly and Rajan Rondo are both there, so we're seeing a lot of Jackson playing at the two. Rondo played 23 minutes and had four points, but eight boards and eight assists. He's a great assists streamer, while Beverly had three points in 16 minutes, and of course, Pat is nowhere near a 12-team league player. Marcus Morris struggling at the moment, seven points in 27 minutes, while Paul George, the Beatle, played 41. He had 18 and 8, also shot pretty poorly, and didn't get to the line at all, which is a pretty disappointing night from George, who, over the last two weeks, is the 121st ranked player, a far cry from his 17th ranking spot over the course of the season. Just some rough stuff there. Zubat's only played the 21 minutes in this game as well, 6 and 8 in those 21 minutes, while uh, Cousins had 8 points in 16. Still no Serge Ibaka, and I'm not sure we're all that close to him getting back, although Ibaka is with the team on their current road trip. If you are the hiring expert for your company, what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster and only pay for the candidates that meet the must-have qualifications. And you can schedule and complete your video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, it gives you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fit your job description immediately and the Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. And get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked offer valid through June the 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Let's move on to the next game now. We're looking at the Dallas Mavericks spanking the Cavs 124-97. Uh, Nicola, not Nicola, his name's Luca. Luca Doncic, he was ejected for hitting Colin Sexton right in the Finney Smiths. 15-5-5 and for Doncic there with two steals. Um, I would be marginally worried about a suspension here. 
just because you know you, you whack someone in the dick, then you are at risk of being suspended. I don't think it's going to happen, but just just be aware of that. While without Porzingis, we had Tim Hardaway had 25 points with seven triples. Another high volume, high usage game from Hardaway, who has value as long as Porzingis is out. While Dwight Powell was amazing, 12 and nine, one steal, four blocks. Powell's a 70th ranked player over the last two weeks. doesn't matter if he's starting or coming off the bench. He's providing enough value. Now, when Paul Zingas is back, I don't know how that's going to work, but he's looking pretty good. Brunson only played the 19 minutes, but was a perfect 5 of 5 for 13 points with 7 assists. And Richardson had 20 points on 64% shooting. So it's safe to say the Mavericks had some pretty solid shooting nights. They shot 54% overall as a team. Um, Finney Smith was one of the ones who struggled. 4 points on 20%. He had five boards, two assists, and a steal. He's been really good, but that is obviously a pretty disappointing line. For the Cavs, they were without Garland, Osman, and uh, Isaiah Hartenstein. While so, while so, that's terrible English. The Padawan, Colin Sexton, played uh, 32 minutes, had 24 points with seven assists. Uh, pretty subpar in terms of percentages, and he did cop a little bit of a bang on the knee. So I guess just pay some attention to whether he has to sit some games. Kevin Love was rough, 8 points on 22%, but he did have 11 rebounds in his 27 minutes. I, I don't think he's must roster. While Dean Wade started in place of Osman, who was starting in place of Garland, that's curious. 3 points in 29 minutes for Wado. Well, that uh, that one-game explosion from Isaac Okoro seems like a huge outlier. 12 points, 0 threes, 1 rebound, 1 assist in 32 minutes. And despite that big game, he's the 238th-ranked player. Over the last two weeks, so don't get him on your 12 or 14 or probably 16-man roster. Jared Allen was also really bad here. Five points in 26 minutes. He still is a must-roster player. Don't get that confused, but this was an absolute stinker of a performance. While Damian Dotson had 10 points in 26 minutes. And Broderick Thomas, I should mention him, 13 points. Now, it came on 67% shooting, so it's highly unrealistic to expect him to continue that. But he's a name to watch with uh, you know, the Cavs not giving a shit about winning games and then limiting some players who might have some slight injuries. Let's look at the next game now. This was a close one. The Hornets were up big, and then the Pelicans rallied for a two-point victory, 112-110. Jackson Hayes with another huge game. That's two big ones in a row. 49 fantasy points, 18-8 and eight with six blocks. As long as Steven Adams is out, Hayes has some value as an ad, but it's not like Bill Hernan Gomez struggled. 9-16 and 16 in 22 minutes for him with two steals and a block, so both of these guys could be 12-team options. But Hayes is really impressive. And how about my mate Eric Bledsoe? What, why wait till now to be good? 24, 4, and 11 with two steals. That's vintage Eric Bledsoe. Where was this when you were shooting 30% and hitting six points a game? Like, this is bullshit, Eric. Um, sure, with Zion and Ingram out, he's going to have to shoulder a huge load. Giggity! And he did it well here. Fine for 12 teams. Uh, struggle streak there for Lonzo Ball. 12 points on 14 shots, but six assists and four threes are fine. Well, it was great to welcome back Nikhil Alexander-Walker. 21 minutes, 13, 4, and 3, two threes and a steal. Now, I think he can be a solid streamer, especially for Monday, if he plays on that back-to-back, of course, but I wouldn't be convinced that he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. Did Jim Johnson make us proud? I'd have to say yes. 17 and 8, two threes, three steals, 54%. Unfortunately, one of four from the line. I do believe that he is a must-roster player while Zion and Ingram are out. I'd much prefer him to Najee Marshall, who had 13 points here on uh, 50% shooting with one rebound and two assists. Johnson just does way more in his minutes. And with Alexander Walker back, Kyra Lewis only played the 15, unfortunately. For the uh, Hornets, good to see a big Terry Rozier game. 42 minutes, 
43 points with seven triples. That's a, a lot of minutes for Rozier. Um, but he's been struggling with his shooting, so good to see that jump up. While Paul Washington Jr. had 14 and 12 on some rough shooting numbers, but good overall. Now, they went a lot more with traditional centers. We had Cody Zeller play 22 minutes and Biombo played 26. So basically, Washington didn't play at center at all. Huge game from Zeller. 17 and 8 with a steal and a block. Biombo wasn't quite as good, zero points, but eight boards and three blocks. I wouldn't be counting on Zala to do this, but it is curious that they went with this lineup because what it meant is that Jalen McDaniels was squeezed. Just the 15 minutes for Jalen as Caleb Martin played 23 minutes and when they played Malik Monk some, there just wasn't enough there for Jalen. If you want to drop him, by all means, do it. Malik Monk struggled five points on uh, 10 shots. That's 20%. That was a shithouse night from him, while Caleb Martin had two blocks but shot 17%. So the Martin, McDaniels, Monk trio, they're fine if you want to stream them. Same with Zeller and Biombo, but they are very, very far from must roster. Lamello had 22 points with five assists, two steals. Missed all three of his free throws. Otherwise, that would have been a much better night. But otherwise, still pretty strong from Lamello Ball there. Let's go on to the next game. This was a blowout as well. This was They were like 30 points up at halftime, the Wolves. 128-96 over the Magic. Townsie has 27-9-4 with two blocks and two threes. And D'Angelo Russell, 27-6-8 with five threes. Really big numbers from those blokes. While Goose, Anthony Edwards... The impressive thing about Edwards here is usage just 18%. 16, 10, and 5. Didn't take wild shots. Shot 64%. Missed his only free throw, but he has played at an amazingly high level. And to do it without just wild high usage is impressive. Rick Rubio started next to Russell, had 18 points with three threes. Are they going to continue that Rubio-Russell pairing and bring a Kogi off the bench? Then Rubio does have some value for his steals and assists alone. While without Jaden McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt started, he had eight and eight with a steal and a block. And I don't think you can ask for much more for Vanderbilt. Not a must-roster player, but a guy that can help in steals and blocks and rebounds. Um, McLaughlin played 25 minutes, which is way more than anticipated, while Akogi played a lot of uh, power forward minutes in this game, 26 minutes overall, three points, and we had Jalen Noel back in the rotation for 25 minutes and eight points, but I wouldn't be reading too much into that. For the Magic, what a shit show this was. Um, Mo Bamba, only the 20 minutes in this game, uh, three points only with two blocks. He struggled. Cole Anthony played 24 minutes for 11 points. He didn't play well. Mo Wagner had 11 points with three threes. He didn't play well, but I was impressed with a couple of blokes. Iggy Brazdakis, 35 minutes, 16 and 6. Brazdakis is moving into 14-team league territory at the moment. RJ Hampton's a 12-team league guy, 19, 5 and 3. And the Shark, Dwayne Bacon, another solid night. 18 points, 23 minutes. He's scoring well. Now he had a horrendous minus 23. Not as bad as Wagner's or Anthony's. But yeah, he's scoring at a pretty high level. And for a team that's going to have, like, does Wendell Carter play again this year? I think this is their rotation moving forward. Bacon has value if you're in a points league or you're looking to supplement your points category. I think at this point, we have to be, you know, we have to admit that that is the way that it's going. Guys, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of that action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And when you sign up, you can receive our 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Not only does it taste great, but it is actually healthy as well. So you don't have to suffer through stuff that tastes like dirt just because you go, oh, it's healthy. Built Bar covers both bases. Delicious and healthy. Nine flavors available, including raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everybody. And if you don't know what, um, what flavor you want, grab the mixed box. 18 bars, 
nine flavors, two of each, and you get to try them all. Most of the flavors are 17 grams of protein with 130 calories and only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs. So go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. The promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, let's go on to the next game. It is the Chicago Bulls 108 beating the Pistons 96 for Chicago, Levine, 36 minutes. Looks like he's fine. 30.6 assists, 63% shooting. Well, Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. It's big Vucevic. 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 29 and 16 with a block. Didn't take a free throw again. I don't know how many times that's happened, but uh, big numbers nonetheless. Well, Kobe White looks to have found his groove. He did this at the end of last season, though, remember. 21 points, 31 minutes, five triples shooting the ball well. Sadoransky continues to be a nice assist streamer. Seven assists in his 21 minutes, while... Thad Young started with uh, Daniel Tice out. 11 points in 27 minutes. Young is very tough to trust as a 12-team league guy. Markinen was shitful. Two points in 23 minutes. He did have three steals, though, while Pat Williams played 23 minutes. And he is uh, he's struggling at the moment, definitely. 277th ranked player over the last two weeks, Paddy Williams. We also got 31 minutes for Garrett Temple. He had one point in that time. It's always hard to have a game where you have one point, but here we are. He had five boards and four assists. For the Pistons, um, how long you got? I have absolutely no idea what the purpose of bringing back Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant, Corey Joseph, and Wayne Ellington for Saturday's game was. They brought them back, and now they're too tired again. I'm not tired. I, know, I love uh, Jeremy Grant's questionable, guys. Jeremy Grant, my player, he's a late scratch. Just sit these dickheads out all season. Like, what are you doing? You rest them for five games. You bring them back for one game, and then you rest them again? Will they play this upcoming week? I have no idea, but what I do know is I think Killian Hayes might be might turn into a good player. 39 minutes, 21, 7, and 8. Now, I'm not going to get overly excited about it. He didn't take a free throw either, which is a problem. He shot 53% and 50% from three, numbers which have no chance of sustaining if you've watched him play at all this year, but he looks way more comfortable, as does Elf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Yeah, the flaming galah had 19 and 7 with three threes and two blocks. But again, springing back Mason Plumley to start over Stewart is actually ineptitude in any sort of way that you look at it. It's just nonsense. Good game from the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. 20 points with five triples. We know he's up and down. And that was a rough shooting night, but still some good numbers. While Sekou Dumbaya started for Jeremy Grant, and then Tyler Cook started the second half over him. Frank Jackson started at shooting guard, but then he was hurt, left after eight minutes. I think you can drop him. Watch Saban Lee, though. 32 minutes, 13 points, 7 assists, and 2 steals. Now, of course, this could all go to shit when they decide to play Corey Joseph and Wayne Allington next next game because Jackson's out. And remember, the Pistons only have three games, so you've got to be really careful with adding guys like Lee or Dumbaya or, uh, or Frankie Jackson with only the three games, especially with the uncertainty of what sort of nonsense they go through. And any game that Killian Hayes does not play more than 28 minutes is an absolute failure on Dwayne Casey and this entire team. Same with Elf Stewart. If he's not playing 28 minutes, they are screwing up. And of course they will, but we, it's them and the, the Rockets at the moment are one of the hardest teams to project what they're going to do. The Rockets, because everyone's hurt, hurt, everyone's hurt over there, and Detroit because they have these bullshits, ins and outs, and all over the shops. Now remember that Hamadou Diallo and Josh Jackson were out of this game. Jackson's right tooth, just that one right tooth that he's got. He's only got two teeth, one right, one left. That right tooth is hurting, and he's missed a bunch of time, and Diallo's out, I think, with... Uh, with health and safety protocols at the moment, because he did have some personal issues. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that was, but now health and safety protocols. I think we can say that there's a chance that Diallo doesn't play again this season, but 
Well, I just don't know. I don't think we can rule him out at this point, but it is with three games on, really hard to hold on to Diallo, Joshy Jackson, or Frank Jackson in this situation. All right, on to the next one. Yeah, this was uh, pretty one-sided. The Kings win at 126-98 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, the C part of Moses Brown with a big game, 12-9 and nine in 26 minutes with two steals and three blocks. But the Thunder rotation remains inconsistent, especially on the periphery with guys like, you know, the Oklahoma City mudflap Kenridge Williams didn't play today. Tony Bradley didn't play. We get guys like Jalen Horde thrown in for 22 minutes, and he played all right, 16 and 5 in those 22 minutes. Charlie Brown played 15 minutes. Josh Hall played a score of 17 minutes. It is very, very up and down. The Salt Flake, Phil Maladon, had 13 points in his 25 minutes, but shot horribly from the field and from the line. He is very tough to roster. Well, Darius Baisley... Um, was also he was okay, eighteen and six with two threes, and despite you know, some improvements, he hasn't been particularly good. It was good to see Alexei Pokushevsky back. He played twenty six minutes. He had thirteen and five with two threes, but only three games next week for this Thunder team. It is hard to have him as a must roster guy. While Gabriel Deck, I could barely recognize my own dick. He played 31 minutes, that's obviously a lot. 5.6 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals. Now, the shooting was horrendous, but he's shown an ability to get steals and an ability to get boards, and that at least have something there for those deeper leagues. And it looks like they're going to prioritize him each game, and they're going to move guys like Williams and Bradley and Jerome and those sort of guys out. Now, all of those players are out, along with Lou Dort in this game. I don't think Dort plays the rest of the season, but we could, I could be wrong there. Um, and just sort of guys in Mahaluk will be another guy who moves in and out of the uh, the rotation. He had 14 points with four triples, but it is hard to get a full grasp on exactly how they're going to run things because they're going to change things up every game. For the Kings, Bud Heald, he was questionable before the game, 14 points, but seven assists, one steal, two blocks. And what I've been really impressed with with Heald is that now he's been poor for most of the season with really bad shooting numbers. But with all these players going down, He's just shown way more flashes, more rebounds, more assists, defensive stats. He's been really impressive in that regard. Terrence Davis also looking good. 30 minutes, 18.6 assists, two steals, and two threes. And the news from Luke Walton was that he doesn't know whether Harrison Barnes or De'Aaron Fox will play again this season. He hasn't ruled it out, but he says if it doesn't make sense to play them, then they won't play. So I guess it depends on how some results look over the next couple of days and whether they can still make the play-in that those blokes might not play again. So Terrence Davis could be an option. Damo Jones had four blocks with 11 points. Hassan Whiteside's in the health and safety protocols. He's also in the protocols of being shithouse. So Jones has got that backup center role locked down. And for deeper leagues, there's something there. D-line had 15, 7, and 5. D-line right, that is, of course, he has uh, absolute must roster capabilities. While Mo Harkless does his defensive thing usually with one steal only, though, it's a little bit of a letdown, but added 18 points. And again, the quality of the opponents here, not that high. 15 and 4 for Rashawn Holmes, while Bagley just the 21 minutes. I wonder if Barnes does return, what the hell happens to Bagley, but that's two subpar games in a row from Bags. Um, 13 and 9 in 21 minutes. Again, they did reduce everyone's playing time because of the, the, the status of the game, but 21 minutes is the lowest of all starters, and it's one of the lowest minute total uh, in terms of everyone who played regular rotation minutes in this game. So that is somewhat of a concern from Bagley, who again has these flashes and then drops off and does absolutely nothing. That has been an ongoing concern with him over the course of his career, and I'm just not ever sure he's going to turn it around, to be honest, to be a consistent consistent, you know, big value top 100 fantasy guy. I'm just not sure. All right, so let's head on to the last game of the night, the Phoenix Suns. They go down to the Lakers, 123-110. The Suns continue to start Tory Craig at power forward. He played nine minutes, never played again in the second half. They replaced him with Dario Saric, who only totaled 13 minutes. 
Because when you've got a tough matchup, you've got to go with Frank Kaminsky. 25 minutes for Frank Letang, 9-6-5. Now, I think some of that is going up against the Lakers' size, but it is obviously a horrible use of resources. Just try something different because Kaminsky, Craig, they're not the answer. Um, I think Jay Crowder will be back starting next game. He was okay. In fact, he was not even good or not even shit. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. 13 points with three threes. He's an interesting streamer. Bridges was great. 15-2-4, one steal, two blocks. While Paul had 13, 4, and 10 with four steals. How about campaign? My boy campaign. 20 minutes, 24 points. Nothing else, one rebound, but 90% shooting. Whoo boy. He's been really solid so far this season. And I just watch if there are any Chris Paul rest days. He could be an interesting streamer. DeAndre Ayton with an embarrassingly low 6% usage. He had six points. He was 100% from the field, but no free throws. Just another one of those baffling games where you go, can you touch the ball once? Like, he was bad in this game, I thought. 21-6 and six for Booker is all right, but nothing else spectacular. Pretty pretty disappointing game, I think, from the Suns overall. For the Lakers, Anthony Davis was amazing. 41 minutes, 42-12, and 12, five assists, three steals, and three blocks. And the thing is, is that these games, they're not, they're not like the abnormality for him usually. And that's why he was a top-five pick. The fact that he's been pretty poor this year, 35th-ranked player, Missed so many games is frustrating because we know that this is what he can do. He literally did it last season and he was back at his best here. Good game from KCP, 17 points with four threes and three steals. He's a nice steals and threes streamer. While Caruso, as long as Schroeder is out, he's an option. 17, three and eight with three steals. Wes Matthews started with Kuzma sideline, had nine points. He was a good plus 13, but not much in terms of stats. While Andre Drummond, ugh. Foul trouble limited him. Also limiting him was the fact that he's Andre Drummond. He had six points in 20 minutes with 10 rebounds, 29%. How as a center, he continues to be that shit out. Don't worry, guys. Once he's on a good team, he'll be much better. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, ben McLemore had 12 points with four triples, and Horton Tucker returned for seven points in 21 minutes. Gasol, I wouldn't say the numbers were particularly good. He made DeAndre Ayton's usage look massive. He had 2% usage here, Gasol, with six rebounds and three assists. But I thought, again, he was the best of their centers because he is the best of their centers. While Montrez Harrell had 12 points in 15 minutes. And Harrell is not a 12-team league guy. And I think also back to Drummond. I think at this point, he's more just a streamer for rebounds. I'm not sure that he's anything more. And I don't know why they keep persisting with him as the starter. At least they're cutting his minutes down and down and down every game. The bloke that should be starting is obviously Anthony Davis at power forward, uh, who's their power forward. He should be starting at center, but the bloke that should be starting is Marcus Gasol. And again, the infatuation with Drummond has been a real misstep, I think, from the Lakers. And let's see what they end up doing as uh, as things roll on, as they move towards either the playoffs or the play-in. We'll see if they continue to do that nonsense. Let's have a look at the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours. Siku Dumbaya up 14%. Surely that was just for today. There's only three games next week, and I don't think he's worth it. Jackson Hayes, that's a solid ad. 14% up. He was great today. I think James Johnson up 8% makes a lot of sense. And Vanderbilt was a great streamer for today. Even though it didn't really put you know, huge numbers up, yeah, solid enough. We steal a block and eight rebounds there for Jared. Evan Fournier up 8%. Well, obviously, that paid off in a massive way. How that works when Jalen Brown returns, still up in the air, but who cares? Let's just add him and figure out what goes on. For the drops, O'Shea Brissett. Don't know why I wrote pluses there. I must have been having a stroke at this point. Um, yeah, he's a drop. Brooke Lopez. You'll see Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday on this list because for most leagues that finished today, uh, the Bucks didn't play today, so they were drops there. Dan Gafford down 7%. We cannot trust Scott Brooks. Well, Calden Johnson down 6%. Now, the only reason I'd say that maybe dropping Calden isn't correct because he's been dreadful is the fact that the Spurs play five games, but his production has been absolutely abysmal of late. 
Top 10 performances under 50% rostered. Dwight Powell, he was awesome. Now, And as long as Puzingas is out, he's got value. Jackson Hayes, strong ad. Trevor Ariza, solid ad. Killian Hayes, the three games is a little bit of a worry, but he was really, really good today. And I just don't know what they do with Corey Joseph. So probably a little bit lukewarm on him. Um, Terrence Davis in Sacramento, as long as Fox is out, there is some stream value. KCP, I liked. Damian Jones, if you need blocks, sure. Bill Hernan Gomez, as long as Adams is out, I'd still take Jackson Hayes over him. But Hernan Gomez is an option. Campaign was great, but that's unrealistic to think that continues. While well, Mo Harkless as an option for defensive stats. Um, let's move on to talk some DFS now for Monday in the NBA. All right, let's talk about these games for Monday. Six of them on. The first one is the Wizards and the Hawks. At this point, we know that Bradley Beal is out for Washington with a hamstring problem. Who starts there remains to be seen. Could be Chandler Hutchison. Could be Garrison Matthews alongside Neto and Westbrook. So big options, obviously, here coming for Westbrook. Some big, big opportunities for him. Maybe they start Bertans and Hachimura together. That's a possibility as well. Well, for the Hawks, uh, of course, DeAndre Hunter is out. And um, Tony Snell is listed as questionable. For Indiana and Cleveland, you've got Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb listed as questionable. On Sunday, the Cavs were without Chetty Osman. They were without Darius Garland. So whether they play or not remains to be seen. It is a back-to-back. Maybe they sit Kevin Love as well. That's a possibility. The Pelicans and the Grizzlies, Brandon Ingram and Steven Adams were both doubtful before Sunday's game and they didn't play. So I guess you could say there's a small chance they play in this one against Memphis. I wouldn't be expecting it, but there's a possibility. Of course, with those guys out, you get James Johnson, Najee Marshall, Jackson Hayes, and Bill Hernan Gomez, who get boosts. While for Memphis, Grayson Allen remains out. Now, the Grizzlies are 10-point favorites here, which it seems like a lot. The total is 223.5. The Bucks and the Spurs, no one really of note out there. Of course, Derek White's out for the Spurs, and Axel Tupan is out for the Bucks. But I think there is an opportunity for these guys to rest players this week. I think the Bucks will do it Tuesday against the Magic. Um, the Spurs, who knows? They could, but just watch for Gay, Mills, Murray, and DeRozan. I think there's opportunities for those guys to rest in any of these games this week. The Jazz and the Warriors, no Conley, no Don Mitchell once more for Utah. The Warriors will be without Eric Pascal, Kelly Oubre, Damian Lee again in this game. So Juan Toscano, Anderson, Kent Bazemore, Michael Mulder, Jordan Poole, all of those guys get a little bit of a boost. While the last game is Houston and Portland, and who knows with Houston, Avery Bradley's out, Kevin Porter Jr. is out. Um, but Kelly Olenek and Christian Wood are both listed as questionable. Um, but who knows? That rotation could be all over the place. We might get you know, Kyrie Thomas and Daquan Jeffries and... Um, Armani Brooks and Anthony Lamb. There's so many different options. The good thing is that someone like Jay Sean Tate, DJ Augustine, Daniel House, they're not on the injury report, so we know that they're going to play. It's just the big Olenek and Wood scenarios. And of course, if those guys are out, then it does really boost that value of KJ Martin. For the Blazers, they look to be okay in terms of injuries, so some good news there. At least we don't have to worry about too many big-name injuries, but in that blowout, watch for the way they limit Yusuf Nurkic's minutes. In terms of Fangio value across the slate, uh, D'Anthony Melton at 36 with Grayson Allen out, Dylan Brooks at 5,000, Lonnie Walker, Jordy Poole maybe, uh, James Johnson, Keldon Johnson perhaps. I do like Rudy Gobert there. I think Jamaran at 72 looks all right. Um, I think CJ McCollum at 76 is strong. Bertans at 37 is all right. He's got a big opportunity. Hal Neto, eh, maybe. Westbrook, unbelievable value. Even though he's at 12-4, he's going to put up 70. I think you know that already. And then you go to guys like um, 
perhaps Jay Sean Tate, and then depending on what happens with the Rockets, Kyrie Thomas, uh, Daquan Jeffries, those sort of players. But so much depends on who's in or who's out. I also like Trey Young quite a bit, and Steph Curry at his 10-3 looks pretty tasty. Guys, that'll do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. While on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit thumbs up, hit the notification bell, and drop your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.